0: Wherever you listen, throughout the world, it's football time in Tennessee. Fielded by Lorenzo Neal at the 25, pitches it it back to Wycheck. He throws it across
1: the field to Dyson. He's got something. He's got something. He's got it. He's got it. He's
0: got it. He's got it. In zone touchdown, Titans. There are no flags on the field. It's a miracle.
2: This is the Front Porch Sports Radio Hour with your host Drake Collie.
1: Good Thursday afternoon to you, and welcome into the Frontport Sports Radio Hour. I am Drake, joined in the studio by Big Lou on the boards. Man, we've got a lot to get to today uh, as the news just came out yesterday, really. Uh, even though Black Monday is the firing day in the NFL following the regular season, the Monday following the regular season, which was this past Monday, and numerous coaches were letting were, were let go, including the Commanders, Los Angeles Chargers. Of course, the Las Vegas Raiders have let theirs go. Um, but the big news was not in the NFL. The big news was in the SEC in college football. As 72-year-old Nick Saban – Decided to hang it up, retire. Um, yeah, he just said he was done, Big Lou, How are we feeling today? Are I'm, you are you, are you all right? I feel good about it. I appreciate – look, I'm an Alabama fan. I went to the university back in the 80s, uh, which as far as football goes are pretty dark years. Uh, early 90s we came in and had Gene Stallings step in and get a national title. Um, that stopped the bleeding as far as Alabama fans go. And we didn't have much else to hang our hats on until Nick Saban, uh, Mal Moore, went down to <clears throat> Miami where Saban was the head coach of the Dolphins and convinced Terry Saban, Nick Saban's wife, that they he needed just to get a conversation with Nick about coming out, but just to talk. To Nick Nick had left LSU, won a national championship there, left the Mad Hatter, Les Miles in charge. He rode in on Nick's coattails uh, with Nick's players and won a national championship after Nick left. Nick was in Miami for a couple of years, so Nick talked to Mal Moore, and Mal convinced him to take the Alabama job. And things on that day, the Nick era began 17 seasons ago, and the greatest football coach of all time, period. Went pretty well. High school, foot, college, JUCO, NFL, you name it, Nick Saban was the GOAT. And if you want to debate that, you can call me at 931-626-3131 and leave a voicemail. We'll listen to it and we'll talk about it.
2: So, all levels of football. Here.
1: All levels of football.
2: So, it's Belichick, then Don Shula. Uh,
1: absolutely.
2: Nick Saban's on top.
1: Got seven national titles.
2: Yeah, you got, I mean, yeah. You, there's no, Ten SEC titles. There's not a huge argument. You know.
1: Born in Fairmont, Virginia. His dad owned a gas station in little Fairmont, Virginia. In the summers and after school, Nick would spend – Gassing up cars and changing tires, doing whatever he needed to at his gas at his dad's gas uh, gas station there in Fairmont, West Virginia. I think I said Virginia the first time it's say West Virginia. Nick Saban won seven not. national titles. You all stick with me and you'll, you'll s- gather around and you shall hear. Seven national titles, one at LSU, six at the University of Alabama, to tie Paul Bear Bryant with six national titles at Alabama, while at Alabama. No other coach has won more in college football history, talking about national titles. Saban's 09 and 2020 teams finished undefeated. He won the SEC West ten times. He won the SEC Championship nine times. More than half the years he was at Tuscaloosa, Nick Saban won an SEC Championship. Think about that.
2: Yeah, and you know, I mean, I, obviously, I'm a I'm a Tennessee guy, okay. and everybody knows that. On you know that listens to this show, um, so obviously. Not a huge personal fan of the guy. You know, I, it's it's not, just right. not in my blood to be. But not being a fan and having respect for somebody is a totally different street. All right, and I can I appreciate up, that. I have the utmost Absolutely. respect for that guy. Absolutely. I, I would agree with you. Especially right. college football, he's and the that, best of all time. And
1: that reflects on what type of character you are, what type of a person you are, by looking at things in such a manner, in my opinion. So – uh in the 10 years of the college football playoff bama only missed the playoff twice out of 10 years while sabin was at the helm sabin produced 44 first round draft picks no other coach is even no other college coach is even close to that 44 first round draft picks uh, and that's just that's
2: just 44 at alabama 49 total with okay. the, with the other first rounds
1: okay. He started his coaching career at Kent State, where he went to college. Then he went to Syracuse, West Virginia, and Navy before being defensive coordinator at Michigan State in the late 1980s. He spent two years as defensive backs coach at the, at the Houston Oilers. His first head coaching job was at Toledo in 1990. Outside of three years as a Browns defensive coordinator, all, coordinator after nineteen ninety, all his all his jobs are head coaching jobs. How about that staff though, What's Belichick
2: it? and Saban in in Cleveland back in the day?
1: Yeah, oh, both yeah. both goats absolutely. Michigan State head coach nineteen ninety five to ninety nine, LSU two thousand to o four, Miami Dolphins o five to o six seasons, then seventeen seasons at Alabama you know Saban's ability was to change <clears throat> was his ability to change and adapt that was his key coaching ingredient his willingness to adapt as hurry up offenses and no huddle offenses came along the old style of defense that Saban was playing was not going to not going to get the job done anymore They weren't going to work, the old-style defenses. Neither was that ground-and-pound offense. So, Saban adapted and won and brought in people like Lane Kiffin to run the spread offense. And that worked pretty well. Absolutely. You know, each coordinator he brought in after Lane Kiffin, they all brought in new concepts, and Saban – Even though he was an old-school type coach, he was willing to listen to them and understand that, hey, in today's world, moving forward in college football, you've got to learn, adapt, and be able to change. During that evolution, Alabama became the place where it made sense for top quarterback prospects to come, like Tua Tagovailoa, all the way from Hawaii.
2: The people, I mean, guys from all over the place.
1: Sabin and his wife, Terry, also made a tremendous impact in Tuscaloosa and on the state of Alabama beyond just football. In 2011, when that devastating EF4 tornado blew through Tuscaloosa and leveled parts of Tuscaloosa and devastated Tuscaloosa as a city and a university as a whole, Sabin, Sabin and his wife Terry visited relief centers unannounced to show his gratitude and spoke to search and rescue first responders. Then, after the tornadoes were over, he and his wife Terry personally funded the building of 13 homes to symbolize each home, symbolize the number of national titles alabama had at that time in 2011 around, yeah. 2012 which he added to right as time has gone by that tradition of building homes has not stopped it has continued to this day and he's partnered he and his wife terry with the habitat for humanity and others to continue building a home for each title that he put in the trophy case at the University of Alabama Tuscaloosa Tuscaloosa Mayor Walt Maddox are you related you're not no relation I hope not to him no, I was just
0: kidding I uh, doubt it
1: referred to Saban's impact on Tuscaloosa as Sabanomics as home games in Tuscaloosa while Saban was there generated 26 million dollars for the state and $19 million for the local economy.
2: That could fund a good roster in today's when before college
1: Before Saban got there, it was, about, it was about half that much. University President Robert Witt, during a 60 Minutes interview when they did a piece on Saban and about – this is when Saban was getting – got a huge contract. I want to say it was back in those days, it was 7 or $8 million maybe a year, and everybody was – At that time, he was the highest paid. Always has been the highest paid head coach since he's been at Alabama. But he got paid – he got a contract extension in 60 minutes found it necessary to interview university president Robert Witt at that time. And uh, Witt said in the 60-minute piece – on Saban. Quote, Coach Saban is perhaps, if not the best single investment the University of Alabama has ever made. By a long shot, I would, you know, I would imagine. He is one of the best. Went, went on to say it's not just Coach Sabin. That it's not it's not just that Coach Saban has been successful. It's the way he's been it's the way he's been successful. He has never once brought this university's integrity or honor or values into question. End quote. Let me repeat that. He has never once brought this university's integrity. Or honor or values into question," end quote, by University President Robert Witt.
2: Guy was a class act.
1: 72 years old. People ask me, Drake, how you feel about it. Roll on, Big Nick. Thank you. That's what you texted me thank yesterday. Thank you. Thank you for what. Thank you for what you've done. What you meant at the University of Alabama, Alabama football, Alabama Alabamians as a whole state. If you take away the Barners, did it? Uh... No, I know, I know they were rolling the trees at Toomer's cor- Toomey Toomy Corner or Tutu Corner. I know they were rolling the trees last night in Tutu's Corner, and I'm sure they were partying in Knoxville. I'm sure there was some glasses raised, but you know what that is? That That's is respect. in tribute and an yeah. honor and in respect to what Nick Saban. Has done over the past seventeen years, as far as being a winning program in, at the University of Alabama in the SEC.
2: Yeah, I'm sure it was a party in Knoxville last night. But you know, even if they didn't have you know the thought in their head that that's out of respect for him, you know, it has to be. Yeah, You're celebrating the guy and leaving. I, so. And I
1: and I understand. They're probably and and I would too. If if sure. I if I had been all the way through kindergarten up through my college years and never beaten Alabama until two years ago because of Nick Saban, I would probably be glad that he's gone too. I went from three years old to but two years ago. But don't think that rolling the trees, having keg parties, doing whatever you're doing around the SEC is a, is a zinger at Nick Saban in his career. It's more out of respect. We're going to talk about his replacements on the backside. side. Hang with us. This is the Front Porch Sports Radio Hour. I'm Drake. He's Big Lou. Toast to, the ones Toast to the ones that we lost on the way. Cause the drinks bring
0: back all the
2: memories. And the memories bring back memories. Bring back
0: your. There's a time that I remember. When I did not know no pain. When I believed in forever. And everything would stay the same. This is Coach Trader's golf from Columbia Central High School football. You are listening to 101.7 WKOM in Columbia, Tennessee.
1: Welcome back into the Front Port Sports Radio Hour. I am Drake, in the studio with Big Lou Maddox, talking about Nick Saban's retirement. Pull up a chair, turn up the radio, whatever it takes. A uh, couple of more stats on <clears throat> the greatest the door, all of all time, Nick Saban. He had 206 wins and 29 losses at Alabama. And it was pointed out to us during the break that he had more first-round draft picks in his time at Alabama than he had losses. Of course, five of those wins were vacated uh, from 2007 when Nick Saban arrived at the capstone. Uh, That was for improper benefits to players in the SEC records which wouldn't be vacated today true which would not be vacated today uh in the SEC he went 120 and 18 with three of those wins vacated his career winning percentage was 877
2: is that at Alabama or in total
1: from what i understand it was total wow he had six national titles at Alabama. Three were the, during the BCS era. Bowl championship series, if I'm not mistaken. That's what that stands for. And then three in the college football playoff era. Now, let's talk about a replacement. Uh, one that was on high on the list was Oregon's Dan Lanning, who was a graduate assistant coach under Saban in 2015. Oh, I didn't know that. Uh, he will not be leaving the University of Oregon.
2: He's got a good setup up there. You, you um, can't blame him for
1: that. There were some false reports of Alabama's jet going to Oregon. but I think that was all social media generated stuff. Uh, but two, 24-7 sports reports that Lanning is staying in Eugene with the Ducks. Now – Mike Lorvell at FSU. You know, FSU's kinda in this limbo spot. Mike Lorvell be a pretty good be a pretty sweet deal for Mike Lorvell. I mean, you know, and FSU's no pushover, but you know, he's he's losing his Heisman trophy, Jordan Davis. Travis, he, yeah. Uh ch- excuse me, Travis. Travis what Jordan Travis. Tra- Jordan Tra- Travis, yeah. Okay, Jordan Travis.
2: He's picking up he just picked up Uiangela. I don't know if that's gonna. I don't know why that. I don't
1: know why that. I don't know why that would keep him there. No, Younglays bounced around and yeah. pretty much underachieved. I think everywhere he's been. But um, so Mike Lorvell, LSU's in the mix. Kalen DeBoer, Washington's head coach, is in the mix. Did a pretty good and what job. what I'm and, saying, is it three you know what there? I'm saying? We, we it should Turned be it a ran. package deal. Bring Michael Penix with him, Junior with him.
2: He's gone. Right, I know, but still. That would be awesome. I mean, that'd be great. That'd be a pretty sweet deal.
1: Um, You know, uh, D'Amico Ryan's former Alabama linebacker. He's been doing, he's done terrific in his first year at the Texans. But I mean, you know, he's got C.J. Stroud. He's got Wendell Anderson Jr. He's got, you know, he's got a lot of pieces. And I think he's, you know, he's in the middle of doing some great things at the Texans and I'm not sure if he wants to go back to Alabama and follow in the footsteps of Nick Saban. You know, that's the big that question.
2: I don't see that one happening. That's the big question.
1: And and I was on I was on campus when when coach Bryant left. You know, the the whole question was who feels confident enough as a coach and in their coaching abilities. To follow someone like Paul Bear Bryant that's, or 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 Nick Saban, I mean that's the you know, point
2: that I was going to bring up. But you know how many of these guys are going to want to to follow in that shadow? That's a big big role to fill. Well, and if you don't if you don't win twelve games every year, 11, 10 at least, I mean you'll be you'll be run out pretty quickly, I'd imagine.
1: Well, the thing about it, you know I feel as though Nick and his wife Terry have made. They've talked about this. I mean, it's not like he just woke up one morning of uh, this past week and said, "You know what? I'm done." Because
2: he's he was contracted until twenty seven. Yeah, yeah. If I'm not mistaken.
1: And so it, it it's not it's not as though he just I, I I feel as though, um. Well, he had a meeting with his players, and he talked a little bit about his health. He you know he's seventy two years old. And as hard as the guy works, I mean he he's not one of these guys that can just sit at home and go to practice, come back home from practice, hang out, go to practice the next day, get ready for the game on third Friday, excuse me, Saturday. You know, he's not that guy. He's the guy that sleeps in his office. He's the guy that right. you know that doesn't go and get dinner. He doesn't you know, he, he can't he doesn't take time off. Any anybody that coach for him under him will tell you that they have never in their life worked as hard as coaching as they did under Nick Saban, and we're talking about long hours, and we're talking about big demands put on them by Nick Saban. So,
2: and how Nick long Saban, can you keep that up? Nick
1: Saban is the type of guy; he's either all in, or he's all out. And so that's why it feels he up, was all in. He was all in. What for the 17 seasons he was at right. Alabama for sure. But, I think he and Terry came to a conclusion, and it might might have been when a doctor of his said, "Look, you can't keep going the way you're going you're gonna you're gonna run the well dry. there's not going to be anything left you know here in a few years and so
2: they talked maybe by the end of that contract when that ran out.
1: I mean you know, so seventy two years old, he's rolling on did and you like, did
2: you i mean was there any type of rumbling about this?" you know, during the season as an Alabama guy? Did you hear anything about it, or was this no, a shock to you? No, I
1: don't think – I think it was kept pretty hush-hush. I think – and I think Nick wanted to keep it probably hush-hush. He didn't want any rumors to get out there and start floating around for for his players or future players coming down the line. But what kind of surprises me a little bit is I, I thought that if he did this, that he would have somebody lined up. You know what I mean? I mean, so he would have, he would have in. somebody in the wing saying, look, You know, we got to make this transition, right? Because in today's world, with two different signing days, there's early signing day, and there's a traditional signing day that's coming up in the 1st of February, right? next month. And you've got the transfer portal that's already opened up. So you can't, if you're trying to get the best of the best players to come play for you at the University of Alabama, you can't have really uh, your head coaching position in limbo. Right? And, and I mean, and right. I mean, does that make sense? Immediately, right
2: after that, you know, my thinking was, this has probably been on his mind for the entire year. It's probably been something that he's known he's going to do and wanted to keep it hush hush to everybody. And you would think that at least somebody in 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 you know at the university would know about that decision sure. that he made, and they'd be trying to have someone to take over and fill those shoes immediately. And that's obviously not what happened. And they. You know they lost a five-star wide receiver like an hour after that news came out okay. yesterday, and
1: that's going to happen. I mean, I you know, know. That, that's going to happen. I'm just and, saying. And when other coaches, when when some high-profile coach comes in and takes that job, they're going to pick up five-star players. So you you know you're gonna you you can't make everybody happy, right? Right. Especially in this situation, um, I just kind of feel and, and kudos to Nick Saban for not announcing this right after Michigan beat Alabama because he could have. and you, But you know what that would have done? That would have put him in the forefront of the national championship game. That news that news oh, would yeah. override pretty much Michigan, Michigan winning. winning the national championship. Now, that might have tapped down some of the cheating that Michigan did right. and some of that talk. But it would have, it would have put him in the forefront. So what did Nick do? He kept it quiet until after the national championship was over, and that shows class, character, and integrity. Exactly what Robert Witt, the president, talked about on the sixty minute segment I was talking about earlier.
2: I would agree. So what about Kiffin? You thought about Kiffin?
1: Lane Kiffin is a possibility. Don't ever don't ever rule out Lane Kiffin. No, he coached there. Trust me, we know. He coached there. He and Saban. He and Saban were pretty good buddies. I think
2: they worked well together. Worked yeah. out pretty
1: well. And Kiffin caused me and my wife. will caused me and I drugged my wife out of the out of Bryant Denny Stadium, right before Alabama and Mount Cody blocked that field goal years ago. It was Lane Kiffin?
2: Oh, that monster! Yeah.
1: Yeah. Was it so, three
2: field goal is he blocked in that game or something like that? Uh, yeah. Won uh, one nine to six,
1: six I to know, three. Twelve to uh, thirteen, twelve or twelve to eleven. Something I don't know. Like twelve to ten, something very low scoring. Yeah. But I was so dang mad. I said, come on, we're up and out of here. And we started walking down the very similar to the Titans miracle, Music City Miracle. You're we walking down the walking down the spiral uh stairs there outside of Bryant Denny, headed out of the out of the stadium, and we hear this roar. And sure enough, I see Mount Cody running down the field with his helmet off. But anyway. Um, you know, and I'm just gonna I'm just gonna end the Saban talk by do you know what, Coach Saban, we appreciate what you did. Seventeen seasons, six national titles. You and Terry, you're seventy two. Go enjoy you, it. You're involved in your Mercedes Benz dealership investments. Go have a beautiful – got a beautiful home in, I think, Jupiter, Florida.
2: Go to the lake house and, and watch the Ducks. More than likely, of the I, art.
1: I would probably say he's going to sell the lake house in Tuscaloosa and probably head down to Jupiter, Florida, run his, be involved in his Mercedes-Benz dealerships moving forward. And you know what? He deserves to have a wonderful, wonderful life with his grandchildren. Absolutely. Family.
2: Probably going to be a, a very, very uh, – Intricate documentary that comes and, out. And I'll tell you years. this, this any of you Alabama
1: tricky. fans out there that are hearing this broadcast, if you hold any animosity in your heart towards Nick Saban for hanging it up, then you need to take a long look in the mirror about your own self.
2: All, because, the, all good things come Because
1: you need to be thankful and grateful for what the man's done for the University of Alabama and all the great memories that he has supplied you, your friends, family members that are also Alabama fans. And even even fans that are not Alabama fans. How many of you all remember Tua being being, being sacked against Georgia in the national championship game? Losing a 16-yard sack being, I don't know, fourth and 41 or whatever it was with time running out.
2: Second and 26. Okay.
1: Second and 26. Yeah. And then after, after Tua throws it to Dante Smith and they win the national championship – Tua said that Nick Saban still wanted to know why did you take that sack. I remember that. Why did you take the sack? He said, and he, you know what he told him. He said, Coach, I just need a little bit more room to throw the ball. <laughs> and and Probably you know didn't what? Like that answer. Tua said that Saban didn't think that was funny one bit. Yeah. So, so have a great life, Coach Coach Nick Saban. We appreciate you, and. Uh, I'm sure he'll always be welcome back to Tuscaloosa whenever he and Terry are in town. Go get some Dreamland ribs.
2: Hey, and, and and not to take anything away from from that being announced, um, obviously, you know, best college football coach that I would say ever. Okay. Um, but I, this is the this is was the craziest end of era across all levels of football for coaches. I think, that I have ever seen.
1: So he and Belichick go out the same day, pretty Saban, much?
2: Belichick, Pete Carroll is done yeah. in Seattle. Mike Vrabel, who we haven't even talked about yet, yeah. which is a huge thing, especially to this station, because we carry the Titans. We, I mean, it's pretty wild what has happened over the past few days in the football world.
1: Well, you know, like I said, the Monday after the regular season, NFL season, is Black Monday. Then we had terrible Tuesday, I guess. Wicked Wednesday, and uh, you know, I'm I'm kind of thinking thirsty Thursday, oh. Hey, <laughs> coin it. All right, uh, this is the Front Frontport Sports Radio Hour, and we'll be back in a few.
2: Have you ever wondered if your insurance needs can be personalized? This is Hunter Carey. Our team specializes in planning your insurance needs to get you the best possible solution. State Farm is the largest home and auto insurer in the country. I love bringing that to my hometown. Born and raised in Columbia, I'm grateful for our close community ties. We offer help with home, auto, and life insurance for everyone in our community. Our office is located at 909 South Garden Street across from the fire station. We're also online at HunterCarey.com. That's huntercary.com.
1: Welcome back into the Front Sports Radio Hour. I am Drake. Joined in the studio, uh, Big Lou Maddox, and uh, we're just saying our goodbyes to Coach Saban. Good luck. You deserve to spend the rest of your life someplace happy, I'm not worrying about somebody else's offensive scheme or defensive scheme for the weekend. Um,
2: I bet he'll enjoy it. You think he'll I, miss it or you think he'll you'll think he'll
1: enjoy it? I think he'll I think he'll enjoy it. I mean, you know, he's done it all. He's been there, he's done it all. What else you want to do? I mean he's got nothing else to prove. That's right. Uh college football playoff champion is the Michigan Wolverines as they defeat the Washington Huskies handily thirty four to thirteen. And as I predicted on Monday's show, um, and this all went down Monday night at NRG Stadium in Houston, Texas. And as I predicted Monday, uh, Blake Corum, number two, which I, I think is one of the best running backs in the country, uh, especially if you're looking ahead into the NFL, that type of package he's built, low, <clears throat> low to the ground, good center of gravity, powerful. very powerful, strong, fast. Um, had a big night. He ran for 136. Twenty-one attempts, excuse me, for one thirty-four, multiple TDs, two TDs. He was the offensive most valuable player.
2: Yeah, and we of the game. We, we talked about that that over one hundred six uh on Monday. On the prop bet, yeah. yeah and, and multiple TDs. And and you know, I, I was like, you know, Washington, not a great front no. line, not a great defense. And that's up. what happened. But I thought that it was gonna be a little bit Hard to do after Donovan Edwards scored those first two touchdowns yeah. and had two rushes for 87 for Blake, yards and two touchdowns. For Blake to get there. Is right. right. I was like, you know, they might ride this guy the rest of the game. But <clears throat> well, Blake they, ended Corham, up, they ended up rushing for 300 yards total. Mark my, my word, for
1: it, folks. Blake corn will be one of the best, better, better running backs we've seen in a while come out of college in the NFL. Um, on the other side of the ball, University of Washington, Michael Penix, Jr., you know he threw the ball fifty one times, wow. Fifty one attempts. He was twenty seven of fifty one for one TD and two interceptions. Um, He's getting pummeled all night. And Washington running back Dylan Johnson, you know, he just wasn't that effective. He had eleven well, yeah. carries for three, and he went it. And he, as much as they wanted to say he was a hundred percent going in the game, he wasn't a hundred percent. Oh yeah, he we was,
2: t- we talked about that on Monday too, um, and. One play into the game, you know they they interview the coaches on the sideline before kickoff, and you know he says he's a hundred percent. You know the the bear says he's hundred he's a hundred percent, and then one play into the game, he's on the sideline and in the tent getting that getting that uh, foot looked at
1: again. So he definitely it, wasn't. And it was just an old story of a solid defensive team like Michigan meeting up against a high profile, high flying offense like Washington, and I would say. Eight out of ten times,
2: that was a stat. One the it?
1: defense takes the day, and that, and that, that and that's was, what happened.
2: That was the that was like the actual stat that we talked about on Monday too. Was the, the defense always gets the best of the high powered offense?
1: That's right. And and you know, there's been a couple of times LSU with Joe Burrow and company, Deshaun Watson against Alabama. I think back in 2015, it was uh, they had a higher ranked offense than. Their, their opposing defenses were ranked, and that's the two times out of the 10, out of the 10 games of the college football playoff championship games that the offensive offenses came out on top over the defenses. So <clears throat> excuse me. now, um, yeah, like I said, Defense over offense. Now, my question is this about the college football playoffs and about Michigan being the champion. You know, in my opinion, unfortunately for Michigan, Michigan fans, and all of college football in general, there will always be a dark cloud or an asterisk next to this Michigan victory or championship. And people say, why? I say, because they were involved with three over three years, or three years, prior three years, of Cheating. videotaping, decoding opponents, future opponents, and people that were ahead of them in the college football playoffs, like the University of Tennessee two years ago.
2: Yeah. They put us out.
1: Uh, you know, there's – They're twenty four point favorites. Tennessee is a twenty four point favorite, and and all they have to do go in, beat South Carolina, and they're pretty much in the college football playoffs without having to play in the SEC championship game. And they're twenty four point favorites, they go into South Carolina and get beat sixty three to thirty eight. Now something There were some things going
2: on in the locker room, but not sixty three points worth of locker room.
1: And when things go start go, to go terribly bad on the field, like Tennessee was experiencing in South Carolina on that game, then it kind of it kind of overflows into the locker room. So the accusation was that Michigan offered up Tennessee's signal calling and decoded signals to Young Beamer and his bunch at South Carolina. And they took it.
2: That would explain what happened that night. You know, just
1: like the Houston Astros. You beat the drum, two beats of fastballs coming. One beat a curve, three beats it's a changeup on the trash can because you're videotaping and electronically sending to the dugout what the catcher is relaying to the pitcher as far as signals. Now, if that's not gaining an advantage – over the other team that's not doing that. I want to know what is. And you can call us and tell us, all you Houston fans or Michigan fans. If you don't feel like you're gaining an advantage and you're playing on the square all this time, then you can call us at 931-626-3131 and leave us a voicemail because I want to hear it.
2: We'd love to listen to them.
1: I love listening to them. And I'll address them on the air next time we come on. Let's do it. Now – as I said, unfortunately for Michigan, Michigan fans, and college football in general, there will always be a dark cloud or an asterisk over the program and the 2023 championship. Just as the 2017 Houston Astros, considered by baseball traditionalists as ill traditionalists as illegitimate champions for their cheating and sign stealing scandal what? in 2017 that goes back as far as 2016, 2017 and 2018.
2: And that 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 championship was taken away by the MLB if I'm not yeah, mistaken. I, I think it was actually taken.
1: No. Yeah, it doesn't make any difference. Right. I mean they were fined 5 million dollars. So what? That's like and you know
2: half of a. Half that's of like a
1: finding Carolina papers. David Tepper multi billionaire three hundred thousand dollars for dumping a drink drink on a Jaguars fan.
2: And we did the math. You on know, that, if you don't remember, dollar and seventy seven cents is what that equaled that's out right to, to the average three hundred
1: grand for dumping a drink on the opposing Jaguars fan while you're in their stadium. And you own you're a billionaire owner of the Carolina Panthers.
2: And like, and like you said when we were talking about that, he what a He should, have been, he should have been banned.
1: He for should a be year. banned for at least a year yeah. from every single NFL stadium in the country and Europe.
2: And that doesn't have to just be an NFL decision. The, the the teams themselves should take it upon themselves to not allow him in their
1: venues. Yeah. Now you guys can look. I'm not telling you. You know, this is my opinion. I'm I'm not telling you how to feel about Michigan winning the national championship. I'm sure you Michigan fans enjoyed it. you all have a great time. But now that you're sobered up and the hangover is worn off, if you look at it through a realistic, common sense point of view open your eyes. Going to the extremes that Michigan did to steal and decode signs, and then have the guy that you fired that was in charge, this Connor Stallion's guy, sitting in the stands at the Rose Bowl with a with a rose lay around his neck, holding a rose in his mouth, and just basically thumbing his nose into everyone's face, and basically said, you know. And then the players coming out, including their quarterback, saying there's no excuses now. We didn't there, – there's no, no reason to have any excuses you know, we, we beat Alabama fair and square. Well, what about the other? What about the other nine or ten games you had that year? We were holding your holding your opponent to an unbelievable eight or nine points a game average. To
2: uh to relate this, to, I mean, that, I'm t- just saying to relate this, you back make to your the, own
1: decision, folks.
2: To relate this back to the Vols, just yeah, I just saw something. Sure. Um, Michigan won the, the title in '97. That was their last title. And that was the last year before the BCS happened, and Tennessee won the in first year of the BCS playoff format changes next year. Michigan won.
1: Could history? I, I'm, could, I'm,
2: a, I'm a superstitious guy. His, so. History
1: could repeat itself. It, you know, you never know. Now the number f- speaking cool. of the Vols, they went down. The number oh, five man. Vols went down last night in Miss, at Mississippi State. It was a rough that, watch. Do you know what that number was? You could bet it. What My, it was. Uh, two, and a half. Was two and a
2: half. Yeah,
1: and I looked at. I said, "Man, that something's up with that. That looks crazy to me. I don't know why the balls is favored by two and a half at Mississippi State. Both of them had the same record, right? They were both like thirteen and three or eleven something. and three. Eleven yeah. and three. Okay, they lost seventy-seven to seventy-two, and they pretty much were behind the whole game. They oh, never yeah, that, could. No. They never could. They made a little run at the start of the second half yeah. to close the out because at halftime they were down. It
2: was like 14, 15 points. They just. I mean, they couldn't shoot." It couldn't get anything to fall. Their
1: next game is Saturday at eleven o'clock in the morning in Athens, Georgia against the Bulldogs.
2: You just better hope they can they can stick around in the top fifteen after a performance like that because yeah. they look terrible.
1: Um the predators lost Tuesday night in Smashville at Bridgestone to the Anaheim Ducks. Anaheim you know you know what smack. else is do you know what else is in Anaheim, California?
2: I used to think Anaheim was in uh, Canada. No, Anaheim.
1: <laughs> just just that's for pretty, a little bit. I, big Lou, pretty like, funny.
2: It sounds like a Canada now, name. Anaheim,
1: California, is also where Disneyland is, the happiest place on earth. Uh, Interesting. But uh, they did not make the Preds very happy last night as nope. Anaheim Ducks came in and jumped out to a 3 nothing lead in the first period and never looked back. The, the, the Preds never recovered. Uh, the Preds' next game is at Dallas tomorrow night, and the puck dropped at seven o'clock.
2: And uh, you know, Ja Morant also. This is a little now, NBA NBA news.
1: Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna discuss Ja Morant and the NBA Grizz tomorrow. That's we don't have time to get into all that, and we're gonna talk about the NFL playoffs tomorrow. Pretty so, much. So we'll have Grizzlies, a whole, are, Grizzlies are done. That's, yeah, we'll that's have pretty pretty much a whole great hour seeing. of that, and uh, I'll have eight ball. My magic eight ball picks will be tomorrow also. For the uh, – would you get me a tissue?
2: For the wild card games?
1: For the wild card I, Do we have a box of tissue? Are you gonna? Are you really going to play that?
2: Yeah, I am.
1: Well, then turn it up and give me I a box. I thought bo- you were being serious. For turn it time. up. Like we're on the air, Drake. Turn it up and give me a box of tissues because I'm going to need it. Turn it up. You guys have a great day. This has been the Front Sports Radio Hour. I'm Drake for Big Lou. We're out. Roll on, Big Nick. Roll on.